I'm Nathan. Welcome to Stories with a Twang. Okay, everyone, today's episode is a fun story all the way from Pascagoula, Mississippi. I don't want to spoil what it is, so I'll just get right into it. After work, on October 11th, 1973, sometime around 6 p.m., local Pascagoula shipyard foreman Charles Hickson and one of his workers, 19-year-old Calvin Parker, decided to go fishing to unwind and relax. Charlie picked a spot off of a pier on the west bank side of the Pascagoula River. Charlie was reaching for some more bait when the strangest thing happened. Two blue flashing lights began to bounce off of them and the water around them. Calvin later said that he thought it was the police, considering that they were on private property. It turns out, though, that it was much worse than the police. The lights were coming from an oval-shaped craft that they estimate to have been 30 to 40 feet across and 8 to 10 feet high. The craft landed behind them and beings began to emerge from the dust and smoke, along with an incredibly bright light from where they came from. The strangers from the craft were about five feet tall and robot-like. They had no neck, and where ears should be were points on either side of their head with the same type of point where a nose should be. The men also said that at the end of the arms there were crab-like claws. Charlie claimed that as soon as the robot creatures came out of the ship, they seemed to be at the two men within seconds. They picked the men up, and they soon found themselves in the strange craft. Now within the ship, the light was almost blinding. A large eye-like orb came from the ceiling and moved up and down Charlie's body like it was scanning him. He then says that as quickly as he found himself in the ship, he was back on the ground. He was laying on the ground as he noticed Calvin standing close by. Calvin was motionless as he had his arms stretched toward the sky and his eyes fixed on something in the heavens. Calvin's time in the craft is a bit different. He says that a similar object came from the ceiling and went around his whole body, making a clicking noise as it went. After the object disappeared back into the ceiling, a being that he described as a feminine creature appeared in front of him. She was not anything like the robotic creatures that brought them into the ship. He says that he was comfortable and calm when he saw her, that is, until she began to move her hands and long fingers over his face. Her fingers found their way into his mouth, and he says that she grabbed his uvula and then tried to reach into his sinuses. Of course, by this point, he began to feel pain, and almost like she knew how he was feeling, he says that she spoke to him telepathically to try and assure him that he would not be harmed. After this, he found himself back on the ground. After this incredible event, the two men were distraught at what they had just experienced, so Charlie decided to call the local police station. The officer on the other side laughed at what Charlie told him, but he still told them to come to the station. The officers there that night said that the two men were very upset, especially Calvin. They told the officers the whole story, and then they told the men to sit tight. As the officers left the room, they left a microphone recording in a drawer. This was done without the two men knowing in hopes that once the police were out of the room, the two men would discuss their deception. This did not work out in the officer's favor, however. When they listened back to the tape, the men continued to talk about what had just happened to them and how scared they were. The audio from this tape can actually be found on YouTube. 
The two men took three separate polygraph tests and they passed each time. They were then sent to a nearby military base in Biloxi to make sure they were not radioactive. When the men finally went home, Calvin, still terribly scared and on the verge of a breakdown, took all of his clothes and shoes that he had on and threw them away. He then proceeded to take a bath in bleach. He says that he remembers being afraid that he could have been infected with some disease or foreign bacteria that could hurt the people around him. The next day, both men returned to work, but by then news had begun to travel about the men's unbelievable story. People began to flock to the shipyard and try and get a glimpse of the two men and the press tried to get pictures and interviews. This freaked Calvin out even more, so much in fact that when he was asked about the experience, he claimed that he had passed out and didn't remember anything from that night. Charlie, on the other hand, ate it up. He told his story to anyone that would listen, but his story never changed. This was all too much for Calvin and he decided to disappear from the spotlight. He only wanted to live a normal life, but instead he was abducted by aliens. Charlie, however, made a living on his experience until he passed away in 2011. He would attend all of the UFO conferences to tell his story. He wrote a book in 1983 called UFO Contact in Pascagoula. After 45 years, Calvin decided to walk out of the shadows and tell his side of the story for the very first time. In 2018, he published a book entitled Pascagoula, The Closest Encounter, My Story. For the promotion of the book, he did several interviews and attended several UFO conventions. Once his time in the public eye was over, however, Calvin returned to the shadows to live his normal life. The reason Calvin decided to tell his story was his declining health. He had two open-heart surgeries and a stroke, so he thought it was important to get it all out while he still could. Other witnesses to the craft that night also came forward to tell their story. Most accounts are just seeing something strange in the sky that night, and their descriptions are almost identical to Calvin's and Charlie's. You can actually get both men's books on Amazon if you're interested. The Pascagoula abduction is one of the most famous cases of alien abduction in America, and is still very fascinating today. It was so famous, in fact, that Charlie appeared on several late-night shows like The Dick Cavett Show to share his story. The one question that the two men could never satisfy was why them? Why were they chosen out of the rest of the population? The real question is do you believe their story? I personally believe that anything is possible, and if they said it happened, then it happened. If anything, it just makes me feel even more wonder and amazement as I look up into the stars, thinking about what is all out there and who just might be looking down at me. I would love to hear y'all's opinions and theories about this case. You can discuss it on the show's Facebook page at Stories with a Twang Pod. On Facebook and Instagram, I will post some of the creepy illustrations of the robotic creatures that the men described from that night. If you have any UFO sightings or encounters, I would love to hear about them and maybe even read them on the podcast. So please send any stories you have, even if they're not UFO related, to storieswithatwang at gmail.com. Also, let me know how you all enjoyed this episode. This is really the only southern UFO encounter that I know of, but there is a fun one from Mount Rainier here in Seattle that is super fun, so I might do that sometime in the future. Thank you all so much for listening. I will be back next Monday with a new tale. Until then, have a fantastic week, and don't forget that a little twang goes a long way.